I'm 37, and I want a baby. So I'm pursuing all my options. I met with an adoption attorney who was very encouraging, and I recently began the artificial insemination process. So with a little bit of luck, I could be pregnant right now. I said too much for a first date, didn't I? What Kate wanted was a baby. I just don't like your uterus. Your chances of conceiving are very low. What she got. Our surrogate's fee is $100,000. It costs more to have someone born than to have someone killed. Takes longer. Was a baby mama. When I first thought about Angie carrying someone else's baby, I thought, my wife's got to have sex with someone else's husband to do this. Out of That's going to cost you extra. It's out of the question. Kate, I want you to put your baby inside me. I want to put my baby inside you. I'm just suffering. <laughs> yeah, so hydrate. Hydrate. Also, sorry, one other note before we start. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, I don't think they listen to the podcast, but mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine on Twitter tweeted something. I just want to get your knee-jerk reaction to it. Okay. Uh, they tweeted... My Chemical Romance is one of the most Italian bands of all time. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Frank is super Italian. Okay, okay. So, so Frank, uh, what, what album is this? The fourth album, D Danger Days, uh, they have alter egos, and Frank's alter ego is Fun Ghoul. Okay. You know, I'm looking at the responses to this, and... People are bringing up Frankie specifically yeah. as Frankie. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frank is super Italian, um, okay. but but yeah, Gerard is really Italian. Also, that's why he get he used to get tan during Warp Tour, and that's why he would uh, <laughs> that's why he would cover his face in in white powder so he would look dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Well, too, gonna... I know so much trivia about My Chemical Romance that means absolutely nothing. I'm but I have just to love go it. Back and revisit the catalog i didn't know they were that italian yeah um, you're gonna have to yeah. become their biggest fan now because well i re i respect them because the black parade the opening track of that album has an ekg sound effect so yes you know it's fucking serious <laughs> <laughs> it's also a, one of the best albums of all time yeah no it's a good album overall but <laughs> yeah and now it's now you know it's italian x yes that's <laughs> When I caught a reflection of you and me Staring back at us while frozen on the screen Crank the white noise and pretend that we're asleep We're asleep, dream, 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 dream Live from Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip It's probably should have known better Celebrating comedy that has aged very poorly uh, My name's Tony Ginocchio uh, I am joined as always by my bestie if we uh were significantly more successful we would probably host the golden globe awards together it's nadia vasquez hi bestie yeah it's it's good to be back nadia how are you doing i'm doing great i'm there were so many references in that intro we had an aaron sorkin reference for some reason well because it's because studio 60 is of course the show that is supposed to be based on the backstage antics at Saturday Night Live. You could have also said 30 Rock. 
30 Rock, uh, yes, but the difference is Studio 60 is terrible, and it's good to make fun of it. Okay, okay, that's fair. I haven't seen it, but I loved the reference. Thank you. Also, I love the idea of us hosting the Golden Globes. I feel like that would be fun. That would be really fun. To be clear, the Golden Globes are just shit. Just absolute shit. Yeah, (laughs) but but they are the most fun. Yes, it is the drunkest uh, major (laughs) award show. It is the Uh, only award show that I still watch i haven't watched the oscars or the emmys in many years Mm -hmm. but the golden globes is always something i watch because uh some very important ladies tend to host (laughs) yeah and so folks it's still the snl season i know you're like this feels like it's gone on forever and that's just because you listen to the it's path episode but sorry we're doing all the films based on SNL sketches. Now, there's only nine of those that aren't sequels. Uh, we're not doing the sequels, because no. come on. Um, <laughs> which means we have a couple wildcard spots in the season to do other movies that Lorne Michaels produced that were explicitly meant as vehicles for SNL stars to, to make the leap into film. Um, and so we're using one of those wildcard spots today with uh, a film, uh, you know, like this podcast that is first and foremost about friendship. Yeah! Uh, and that's Baby Mama from 2008, written and directed by Michael McCullers, starring uh, Greg Kinnear, uh, Sigourney Weaver, uh, and uh, most importantly, the uh, girl power duo of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yeah! I'm cheering. I that yeah was like multiplied in my mind with thousands of my voice. It was just cheer a cheering crowd because I love those two ladies so much. And and I think this movie is a very interesting examination of what they're good at. Uh, because I think they're the two of them who I, you know, who have both made comedy that I love uh, a great deal. The two of them are good at very different things. Yes. I think. Um, but the, the premise of the film, if you haven't seen it, and you probably have because it was like a pretty uh, standard mainstream comedy, is Tina Fey plays a 37-year-old executive uh, at a, an organic grocery store. We have said before that if you write for SNL, you can only think of, like, three different jobs. Yeah. Uh, and Organic Grocery Store is one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Tina, Tina Fey also used it in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. But yeah. uh, she, she plays an executive who's trying to have it all. Uh, and because she's climbed the corporate ladder, she's never had time to have a baby. Um, she's 37, you know, her, uh, she sees some fertility specialists, they tell her it's going to be hard for you to conceive, so she, uh, pays for a surrogate to carry her baby. The surrogate is Angie, I think it's Ostrowski, uh, played by Amy Poehler, who is just a wild, uh, drunk-ass, uh, <laughs> South Philly girl, yes. um, and, uh, we kind of get this classic, they don't agree on anything, uh, kind of setup where, uh, uh, Amy Poehler moves in with Tina Fey and they goof off because Amy Poehler is very straight-laced and uptight. Uh, sorry, Tina Fey is very straight-laced uh, and uptight and Amy Poehler uh, likes singing along to Karaoke Hero and drinking <laughs> Dr. Pepper. And uh, and then there's a bunch of plot twists. Mm-hmm. Um, th- and, uh, and then also if you scratch like half an inch under the surface of this script, uh, it starts to completely fall apart. Yeah! <laughs> uh, there's some stuff in here that makes no sense and then some stuff in here that makes sense but is kind of appalling. Right. Like how the screenwriter clearly got a note at one point that was like, you need to put one 
one black character in the movie. <laughs> There's actually two, but they're both in the service industry. <laughs> but uh, but I would say, like, first impressions, Nadia, like, I had fun. You know what? Is it a great movie? Honestly, yes. Is it a classist <laughs> movie? Also, yes. Insa- like, insane premise. <laughs> insane premise. Incredibly classist. Yeah. Uh, three, uh, I revi- I haven't seen this movie probably for like since it came out. Yeah, like maybe. I saw it when it came out and that was it. I might have revisited it, you know, in the last few years, but I didn't have that eye of, "Oh, these people hate poor people." <laughs> Cuz that is the that is the direction that movie took very quickly. <laughs> That's what we would call the theme. Right, right. It's right. not the plot, but right. it's it's a theme. <laughs> exactly. But it's also very funny. It's very funny, um, and in particular, I think Amy Poehler's performance. Yeah, she has a couple lines that where I legitimately laughed out loud. Yeah. I watched this one with my wife, uh, and uh, she laughed. She laughed very hard at the "Hey, are you the kind of person that when you get mad, you stay mad for a long time?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a big grudge holder. laughed real hard at that um but but the other thing is this is uh you know this is 2008 it's Mm -hmm. an interesting spot in tina fey and amy poehler's careers because tina fey was off snl uh completely she was actually coming back on as a guest star to play sarah palin that's right um and so she was like two years into 30 rock at this point and then parks and rec would have started basically right around this time as well. So Amy Poehler was on her way out. But Nadia, I'm eager to hear all the the Studio 60 style <laughs> backstage antics uh, at SNL in 2008. Let me tell you about 2008 SNL, pal. Season 34. <laughs> Can you believe it? Season 34. Uh, uh, this is a very important year for me personally, because it was the first year I got to go to an SNL taping. Oh. I sat outside on the sidewalk overnight and slept on the sidewalk overnight um, on crutches because my arch had collapsed a, oh, God. If, <laughs> a few days earlier um, because I was wearing Converse walking around New York City. This was a bad move. <laughs> Don't do that. And that's, But that's your commitment to being emo. That was commitment. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so I was very committed to being emo. I, my arch collapsed and my friends wanted to go see, ugh, this is gonna, this also aged poorly. We wanted to see <laughs> James Franco host because he was at NYU at the time studying. We would see him at Starbucks all the time. And we're like, why, why, we might as well. Let's go see him with uh, musical guest Kings of Leon. So we, there is a system at 30 Rock where you, uh, line up to get standby tickets if you don't have like a permanent ticket and you usually get uh, dress rehearsal tickets mm-hmm. which are very coveted because you get all the stuff that gets cut and yes. um unfortunately <laughs> uh we we did get in but we had to sleep outside it was hot and it was gross i did get to meet bill Hader, which was really nice he called me oh, a cripple because nice. uh, <laughs> i was on the crutches which again didn't age well um <laughs> But yeah, so this season means a lot to me. The The repertory players were stacked. We had Fred Armisen, Will Forte, nice. Bill Hader, Daryl Hammond. This was his last season. Uh, Seth Meyers and Amy Poehler were the weekend update hosts. Andy Samberg, Jason Sudeikis, Keenan Thompson, and Kristen Wiig were also Jesus. part of that main this cast. This is a good cast. And the featured players were Abby Elliott, meh, 
Bobby Moynihan, (laughs) Michaela Watson, and Stella Adler Studio of Acting alum, Casey Wilson. Wow. It was stacked and this that's really good and you like you opened with like hater forte and armison who are like three of my favorite performers that were like ever on the show oh yeah they're incredible super amazing but this was actually a super important year for snl in general because uh this season aired during the 2008 election this was of course as you mentioned before tina fey uh was appearing as sarah palin and uh, Amy Poehler was appearing as Hillary Clinton. This was the season where I can see Russia from my house became right. a, a huge uh, hit. They also were nominated for Emmys, a Peabody Award, and uh, a Writers Guild of America Award for Best Comedy and Variety, including talk series. They also lost Amy Poehler in the middle of the season because she had a baby. Oh, that's right. She was pregnant that's for, right. like, most of the... That's right. That's right, yeah. And so uh, they replaced her with Abby Elliott and Michaela Watson Watkins, which was, I think, a weak choice. But it's fine. But she, Amy Poehler actually beat Molly Shannon and Rachel Dratch's record for staying on uh, SNL the longest, which has since been... Uh, this record has been broken by Kate McKinnon because she's been on for 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. In uh, terms of uh, female cast members. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just love women. This was also Daryl Hammond's last season, and we had a lot of great hosts. We had Michael Phelps, James Franco, as I mentioned before, that's the one I went to, uh, Anne Hathaway, Josh Brolin, John Hamm, Ben Affleck, Paul Rudd, and Bradley Cooper, among others. Musical guests, not as stacked as previous years I've mentioned, but pretty good. We had Lil Wayne, Adele, Coldplay, Beyonce, Kanye, Taylor Swift, Fleet Foxes, which... Didn't remember that at all. And Kelly Clarkson. But I have to mention this because we're in the 2000s were around the time where the digital shorts were happening. The -hmm. Lonely Island was a big part of my heart. And uh, this was the year that I'm on a boat and like a boss came out. I like, so I was a senior in college uh, this year and look, (laughs) look, you're going to judge big impact you're, on our lives i think you're you're gonna judge me but like the bar close to camp like i went to school with basically all white people yeah like and and i've learned a lot since then but the bar uh by our school would just blast i'm on a boat uh <laughs> for the dance floor uh a lot with and your flippy floppies yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> iconic oh i mean you know i love lonely island too oh, but yes. it's just i, so white. I just one of their, I think, uh, more enduring songs. Oh, yeah. It's a bop. And also, this was the year where they had the Mark Wahlberg Talks to Animal sketch. Yes! Which was uh, instant classic. And <laughs> this was also a big year because this was the season Stefan debuted. Mm-hmm. And John Mulaney... Which had... means Mulaney was writing for this season. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was writing and tricking uh, Bill Hader into saying funny things. Um, <laughs> overall, an incredible year for SNL super just in general like the talent was amazing the ratings were out of probably the best ratings they had had in a really long time Mm. and also just the quality of guests was amazing so it's an interesting time to release a movie with a couple people from SNL that really doesn't follow the traditional this movie comes from a sketch kind of vibe yeah well you can't make a movie about Sarah 
Kaylin. No. Because um, I think cause... that that's Tina Fey's re- only real iconic character. Like, character. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she, I mean, yeah, she didn't do a ton of character work. And, and she was, I think, known more for writing, although she was in the cast as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't think and... Amy Poehler would, could, could do, would want to do a movie about Caitlin. Rick, Rick, Rick. Uh, what about, like, her and Fallon in a movie about the, uh, like, Red Sox fans? <laughs> you mean the one he did with Drew Barrymore? Oh, well, yeah, I guess Fever Pitch already exists. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, though. You had Your head was in the right place. You were just my in the wrong in year. My, my head was, my, and my heart was yeah. in the right place yeah, as well. Yeah, because it's a rom-com. Um, but I think you, you bring up uh, something... Uh, very important uh which i think is is something that we'll explore in this movie tina fey really can only play herself yeah i think yeah <laughs> um polar is clearly the actor with more range mm-hmm. uh and i would say the better actor overall and i think that's reflected in the two tv shows that they start in as well <laughs> yes that's uh, true basically the character in this movie baby mama is liz lemon is liz lemon she's playing liz lemon but like a republican yeah <laughs> <laughs> well but i i would argue having just rewatched the first two seasons of 30 rock liz lemon is also a Republican that <laughs> lies about being uh, yeah, that's not a Republican. True. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. But she she likes to put up a front just because she likes to fight with Jack. Right, exactly. But, like, the thing is, like, 30 Rock was, like, super tight writing, right? right. There were, like, 300 jokes in every episode. Mm-hmm. Parks and Rec was looser, but there was more improv, and it was, honestly, it was a better ensemble, yes, too. Yes, 100%. Um, and also, yeah. it had uh, a lot of, it was grounded in love. Yes, which thirty? Yes. I don't think which Tina thirty Fe- rock is very mean. No, and I don't really think <laughs> Tina Fey is able to do that. But I say that lovingly because you know if you yes. watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, it's the same thing. It's not yes. at all rooted in reality or love or any kind of affection. Yeah. It's very, very acidic. Yes, very cartoony. But that is uh, that is. But what, God, it's funny. Oh, that's what Tina Fey does the best. That's why Mean Girls is so good. It's yes. she she's incredible in her own way. Uh, yes. But I think Amy definitely makes this movie. Oh, yeah. A little little more grounded, being so completely chaotic. I would... I would just watch 90 minutes of Amy Poehler trying to swallow that prenatal yeah. vitamin. <laughs> it's so amazing. I'm very excited to talk about this movie and to hear your thoughts, Tony. I, w- I want to talk to you first about this supporting cast of Greg Kinnear yeah. and Sigourney Weaver. How incredible. Was very stacked. <laughs> very stacked cast. Um, Sigourney Weaver, not, not just, I mean, those were the two, I think, with the most lines, but also Steve Martin is in this. Yeah. Um, Maura Tierney, Mm -hmm. uh, is Jean Smart, uh, Tina Fey's mom? No, it's, um, oh, what's her name's wife from American Horror Story? She's married, she was, she was a late, she was in Legally Blonde. She was one of the professors in Legally Blonde. I don't know her name. Okay. We should look it uh, up, we, though, because that's disrespectful. Really <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm punching it up right now. We really should do this before the show <laughs> next time. Um, but um, incredibly stacked cast, um, which, you know, uh, adds something to the movie. Uh, I will say, okay, so baby mama. <laughs> I, I will say some of the, um, I kind of wish, like, they had written out somebody like Greg Kinnear's character a little bit more. Oh, God, Dak Shepard, too, of course. Yeah, Dak Shepard. Well, uh, Tony, 
fuck you. Holland Taylor. I, I, uh, I disagree Taylor because the, they, uh, they writers for movies never write out a woman's character. So she just did, they just did exactly what writers do with women to Greg Kinnear. You know what? That is fair. Yeah. Um, so fuck that. He, he's just like, Greg Kinnear is eye candy in this He's movie, He's but, cute. He's charming. He makes yeah. movies. That's it. That's yes. all I care about. But also, the other thing they did with Greg Kinnear here is I think they just copied and pasted some of the Meg Ryan character from You've Got Mail. Yes. But but then deleted the second half of that by mistake. So, right. like, because they're... So, look, okay, we're getting kind of out of order here, but part of... The frame of the story is that this grocery chain that Tina Fey works for is opening a new location in an up-and-coming neighborhood in Philly. Right. And they're basically going to, like, gentrify the place, right? Right. And Greg Kinnear, who owns a local smoothie shop in that neighborhood, like, organizes the local businesses. And he's like, hey, how is this going to change the neighborhood? We want to make sure we have a seat at the table. And he says that in one scene, and then it's never fucking revisited (laughs) again. They don't care. They don't give a shit. (laughs) it's just it is kind of they never revisited and they build the store right the the (laughs) plot advances and they build the store and that's a good thing but you know what the reason why they don't revisit it is because he starts fucking tina fey yes so i think if if a capitalist wants to open up in a neighborhood and they get pushback from the community the 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 message here is sex is a weapon yeah just fuck the community (laughs) literally but also metaphorically yeah fuck the community (laughs) we figured out a lot of things about capitalism today but i think it's because this movie is classist very i mean i mean the entire i mean the entire premise right she's paying for a surrogate she's paying six figures Mm -hmm. to um to implant her uh implant her egg into amy poehler but we're getting a little uh ahead of ourselves yes um, we're just gonna, mad about we're just <laughs> we're just mad we're about just, there the is, community organizing and then forgetting about it <laughs> that is extremely fucked <laughs> but the okay so we open on philadelphia <laughs> one of the greatest cities in the world but not chicago <laughs> no 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 or san francisco <laughs> or san francisco i've been there it's not that cool we we've opened we open on Philadelphia. You know we have this kind of voiceover from Tina Fey. Uh, she said, "Hey, I did everything I was supposed to do. I've become the youngest VP in my company's history. Uh, some women get pregnant. I got promotions, um, and then it's revealed, uh, you know, that she really wants a baby. She wants it now. And then we we kind of pull out and we see that oh, she's telling all this to a guy on their first date, and he's freaked out. LOL. Very funny." Yeah. Um, and then the other piece of this is, uh, she, uh, talks to her family, uh, about how badly she wants a baby. And there's some, there's some lines that kind of made me. (laughs) Yeah. Her mother, Holland Taylor, her mother Holland says, uh, just whatever you do, just don't get a black baby. Don't get a black baby. (laughs) She's like, I'm tired of the celebrities with their black babies. (laughs) Which, Uh, okay. I get, I get. I get where they're coming from on it. And, like, I don't get, like, the character. (laughs) I don't get, I get why the writer thought that would be a funny line. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Because it's coming from the mom and she's old-fashioned and Uh, all that stuff. Oh, an old lady being kind of racist. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Love it. Yeah. Um, And uh, Maura Tierney is her, of ER and News Radio, uh, is her sister um, who has kids, right? And is, like, trying to, um, 
encourage uh, encourage her sister to be smart about it and not rush into anything too hastily, but that also having kids is nice and wonderful. Right. I, th- I think she she it's funny that they bring her in to be like a grounding character and then we don't really see her till the end but she has like five minutes of screen time yeah that's what's nuts yeah yeah so it i think it was a missed opportunity there um but it's not about them though no as much as we we love to hear all these different points of view about having babies it's not about that. We want to see Tina and Amy because when Tina and Amy are together, that's when the movie really shines. That's when that's when the sparks fly. Yeah. That's when the sparks fly. There is one other thing, which is um, we do get introduced to Steve Martin, who is the <laughs> eccentric, ponytailed CEO of... Uh, the company is called Round Earth, but it's it's Whole Foods. Like, yeah. this is Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, he is like a hippie Jeff Bezos with hair. Yeah. He sits on the desk, he wears sandals, he rewards people with five minutes of inter- uninterrupted eye contact. He's um, great. <laughs> yeah. He he is very funny in this. Um, and, and we basically, you know, like I said, we're just kind of rolling forward as quickly as we can so we can get Tina and Amy in a room together. But first we got to get Tina and Sigourney in a w- room together. Oh, in a womb? In a womb, yeah. Was that a Freudian, Freudian slip? slip? Freudian slip. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Sigourney is hilarious. Yes, super earnest. Really good. (laughs) Just incredibly earnest and uh, honest with the way that she is saying this just absolute nonsense about having babies. The name of the the name of the surrogacy firm is Chafee Bushnell, and Sigourney Weaver answers the door. Is like, "Hello, I'm Chafee Bushnell." (laughs) Oh, I thought that was going to be two people's last names. (laughs) She laugh, fake laughs. Yeah. And her, she shakes her beautiful bouncing hair and is like, come in. <laughs> it's, she does all the turns so well. She's amazing. Yeah. And she explains that all the surrogates have uh, background checks done on them, credit report checks. Uh, they go through lengthy interviews. The, this is top quality surrogacy. This is uh, obviously a very expensive process, mm-hmm. and then a baby comes in, which is Sigourney's baby, and she and, yes. and Tina's like, "Wow, so you're proof that this works?" And she's like, "What are you talking about? I had this baby natural yeah. way." <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, I conceived this baby the old-fashioned way. So, uh, and then she gets pregnant again in the movie. So the runner is that Sigourney Weaver is like super fertile and old. Keeps, keeps getting pregnant at her age. It's pretty which great. Is, a very good like uh, Thirty Rock style joke. Um, yes, I also I like it. in in this scene where she's like, "What is surrogacy if not outsourcing?" And Tina Fey's like, "Ah, it sounds like you're gonna uh, implant my baby in someone way overseas in India in like a call center." And Sigourney Weaver's like, "Ha ha ha! No, of course not." And then she turns and makes a note on her desk because <laughs> she's definitely gonna do that. Yeah. So this is our first glimpse into the classism a little bit. Because Tina Fey talks about, she's like, oh, no, a, like, horribly underpaid woman is in the third world is going to be carrying my baby. No, yeah. it's going to be a horribly underpaid woman here is going to be carrying your baby. Um, and and then, you know, the other piece of this, it basically, so Tina Fey pays the hundred grand, right? Because this is, again, I don't know if I would explicitly call it classes. Well, I probably would. But it's just like, well, this is a character that can drop a hundred grand 
and yeah. not bad an eye, right? Yeah, so. that was a little weird. The other thing is, is I, I did a little research on surrogacy, and okay. uh, it turns out that you cannot be a surrogate unless you've already had a successful full-term yes. live birth. Yes. And so... so that, giant plot hole. Giant plot hole there, because... Uh, Amy Poehler has been pregnant but has not had kids as we learned later in the movie but also it is very expensive to to get a surrogate Um, surrogates do have to do like a criminal background check and Mm. all of that stuff Um, also I have learned that a lot of celebrities use the same surrogate so certain surrogates have had kids for multiple celebrities that all know each other because they trust they trust the womb yeah, so popular womb. Very interesting. <laughs> yes, the womb of requirement. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, she drops the money. They set up the meeting, and Tina Fey is waiting outside her fancy building with uh, her doorman, played by uh, Romany Malco. And uh, this is, uh, I'm, like, like I said, this is... A character who seems very hastily shoehorned into the film. Um, Because he doesn't add much to the plot, except for the line, You pay the bills, she have the baby, that's a baby mama, ask any black man in Philly. Which also kind of made me uh, bat my eyes a little bit. Yeah! (laughs) You know, I mean, 2008's not that long ago. No, it's not! So, I mean, I probably even then, most of us were like, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Well, okay, whatever. We're getting to Tina and Amy in a room together, and that's what comes next. Finally! The the SUV pulls up, and not only do we get Tina and Amy, but we get the bonus of Dax Shepard in the mix as well. Yeah, Dax, as an actor, not as a person, is fantastic. So fucking funny. Whenever he plays a big, dumb idiot, that's where he really shines. Yeah, and he plays Amy's uh, common-law husband. Common-law husband. And uh, he is a scammer. He is a snake, but we love him. Yeah. Just like, you know, when I first heard about this whole surrogacy thing, I was like, if my wife's got to bang another chick's husband, that's going to be extra. (laughs) Yeah. He clearly is in it for the money. Uh, it is a lot of money for them to do this. They would get ten thousand dollars at a time, but then eventually yeah. end up with fifty, I think. Yeah. So fifty would go to the surrogacy agency, and then fifty would go to Amy and Dax. Um, yeah. And Amy trying to be fancy is the game of the first scene together. That she's yes. very intimidated by Tina's character, who has like this beautiful house in this beautiful high rise building and has all this really great furniture and uh she's wearing like a vest shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and like a pompadour. She just like doesn't fit in there, but is trying really hard to be fancy. Yeah, her hair is different in every single scene, by the way. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they uh yeah, so she's trying to be fancy. Dax Shepard is, like, looking through... Other great line here. Dax Shepard is looking through Tina Fey's CDs and is like, you don't have any hip-hop or anything? And <laughs> Tina Fey says, oh, I think I have an old salt and pepper CD in there. <laughs> pepper. <laughs> so good. Um, and Amy t- tells her, oh, yeah, we are meeting with some other people. But, you know, you have a really great aura. I can read people's energies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tina's like, oh, yeah, what's my aura, aura like? And she is standing in front of a sunset and she's like it's sunsetty <laughs> i love that it's so dumb yeah. 
So it's dumb, it's goofy, but it's it's like, you know, I think we have obviously good chemistry between these two yes. actresses and they agree right away. They're like, "Okay, we're going to do it. Um we're going to we're going to put uh, a baby in Amy Poehler's uh Amy Poehler's uterus. I'm going to put a baby in you." It. Yeah. And so there's a goofy fertilization scene uh <laughs> set to Endless Love. Um where John Hodgman, who is the um, uh, fertilization expert, like just you know jams the uh, syringe into Amy Poehler, um, and Tina Fey is there with her because <laughs> Dax Shepard couldn't leave the home because he's trying to win a radio contest. Right, right. There's also a great gag as they're driving home and Amy Poehler gets out of the car and and like reaches for her pocket and is like, "Oh, let me pay." For gas, but clearly doesn't want to. Yeah. And, like, I love do I love doing that move myself. <laughs> and being like, oh, let me let me pay for my hat. No, no, it's okay. Great, thanks. I love it. I love that. And uh, Tina also wants her to start eating healthily. Because, you know, she right. works at the equivalent of Whole Foods. So she bought her a right. bunch of groceries. You got to be healthy. And then mm. we'll we'll check the, the pregnancy test in two weeks. Yeah. So, other stuff happens which isn't revealed until later in the film. Right. We'll get to that later. Yes, we'll get <laughs> but, to that. Uh, we also have a B story that we have to deal with, which is the rapid gentrification <laughs> of Philadelphia. Um, and basically, uh, Tina Fey is in charge of scouting locations for this new flagship supermarket. Uh, and she finds a neighborhood that could work, and she walks into a smoothie shop run by greg kinnear is it and gentrification she's... if all of the people there if it's are already white, white. yeah because because when the homeowners association is or not the homeowners association, the, the small, small business, business owners association, association if, if they're they all have white. a fucking small business association already yeah. that's yeah. gentrified i didn't see any people of color in that crowd so well, is i believe it philadelphia uh, is mostly white if i remember correctly yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll just call it um, white on white crime. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she walks in, and uh, and she's you know she's she's got a cover story. She's like, oh yes, I'm thinking of moving to this neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know uh, what the what the neighborhood's like here? Is it up and coming? You know that sort of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, Greg Kinnear is like, yeah, it's it's pretty up and coming, um, you know, but I'm in my own kind of personal war against the corporate drones of yeah, Jamba, Jamba Juice, Juice. <laughs> which they bring up quite a bit in this yeah. one. Um, but, you know, they flirt for a little bit and then she takes off and you think, mm. oh, OK, are we wasting Greg Kinnear? But no, we're not. No, we're he, he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Tina Fey also starts doing... Her character's name is Kate, but she's Tina Fey. Like, right. we're going to call her Tina Fey. Right. Um, she, she starts, like, getting books from the bookstore. Uh, one super problematic line here. Ugh, what if the baby's a hermaphrodite? <laughs> yeah, what what if what if the baby is a chick with a dick? <sighs> um, Just so sad. So, back on gender, uh, <laughs> you thought... Back you on eugenics. We, We're you back. Thought, thought we had put it all behind us with the It's Pat episode. We'll never outlive the It's Pat episode. No. The It's Pat episode is like a boulder chained to our necks that we have to drag behind us. I feel like all of the SNL people have to like sit in front of a TV screen, like hypnotize watching all of the previous movies and are just like, <laughs> remember all the details. Bring them up every t- chance you get. Yeah. Because that's what we got here. <laughs> so... 
um, one problematic line here, but then the plot really advances because uh, Tina Fey's in her apartment, and all of a sudden, there's a knock on her door, and it's, again, the one black character who's there to say, you got baby mama drama. Yeah. Uh, so Angie, who is Amy Poehler, Amy she, she and Dax got a fight which we later find out more in the about as far as details go. And she's like, it got things got really physical. And Tina's like, oh my God, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I didn't hit him too hard. <laughs> it's like, okay. Extremely Amy Poehler line yeah. to say. Yes. Uh, but um, so Angie's going to have to stay there. She has nowhere else to go. Yeah. And so um, now we have kind of a classic. Now we do have a very sweet scene here where like the, the, um, what is it? I think the, the embryo would be the size of a squirrel at this point or right. something like that. And Tina Fey says goodnight squirrel as Angie passes out on, on her bed. <laughs> right. So uh, she sees an ultrasound that looks like a squirrel. Yes, that's what it is. That's what it is. Which we later find out is a squirrel. Because, yeah, it's, because, it's a fake ultrasound. Yeah, it's all really sad. It gets messed up. But but she's very sweet and, and wants to take care of Angie um, but because that's her baby, because that's her baby in there. But man, Angie makes this really hard. Yeah, she doesn't like to eat healthy food. All she eats is Dr Pepper, Moon Pies, and yeah. uh, like Twinkies and uh, Tasty Cakes. I think Tasty specifically cakes. was the brand. Yeah, and uh, Red Bull, which is not good for the baby. She <laughs> likes to smoke cigarettes, which is not good for the baby. She dyes her hair like, <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, one of the first truly great bits of physical comedy here uh, with the two of them is Tina Fey hires baby proofers. That's where, again, to... someone, a person of color, is here in the movie. That's the yes, second okay. and only other one. The second and only other, which also, hiring someone to baby proof your house, uh, I can't imagine spending money to do that. Yeah, like, they did that on Friends, I think. Yeah, they probably did. Here's the thing, so... Um, that seems like an extremely rich person thing to do, because... <laughs> it's like the task uh, rabbit. Because we fucking baby-proofed our own house. And by the way, it didn't fucking work. Like, there's still too many <laughs> things in here that can kill the meatball. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, why is she baby-proofing the house so early? Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's also like eight months before the baby is born, which is insane. You yeah. Because let me tell you something. Uh, the first at least three, four, even up to, like, six, seven, eight months, the baby can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. you know? it, it also, it certainly can't go anywhere fast enough to get into trouble. Right, but uh, they needed Amy to not be able to open a toilet seat, I guess. Yeah, and the, and honestly, worth it yeah. for the scene. Like, so <laughs> they, she pees they, in the sink. They put a latch on the toilet while Amy Poehler is asleep, and she wakes up, and she has to pee, and she can't figure out... <laughs> how to open the toilet so she ends up pissing and like squatting over tina Fey's sink (laughs) tina's so mad she's like your toilet's broken um yeah and so tina goes to work and comes back and amy is has opened her niece's birthday present which is a karaoke karaoke hero yeah which is so fun to watch amy poehler do karaoke in a terrible haircut Singing She Bangs by Ricky Martin. <laughs> so good. And uh, also, please note that the doorman, Oscar is his name, he is yeah. helping Tina bring in a bunch of groceries because she yeah, can't well, do it. Good, good for him. <laughs> good for him. And uh, uh, so she comes in there and she's like, you know, you need to be you need to be listening to like 
good things. So let's have the baby start learning Spanish. So she's listening. Classical music. Yeah. Spanish, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Oscar says, yeah. Yes. Like if yes. you listen to DMX, the baby comes out like, Arr! Yeah. <laughs> Which so, is such a good line. First and foremost, rest in peace. R.I.P. Secondly, great line. Yeah. R.I.P. King. R.I.P. Rough Riders for Life. Uh, and so <laughs> the other great physical comedy scene here is the prenatal vitamin. That just, yeah. which, you know, the prop vitamin they have is like absurdly big, right? It's so big. And it's just like, Amy Poehler's just like, I'm not swallowing that. I'm not swallowing. It's just a montage of like, they put it in a sandwich, she spits it out. Yeah. Water spits it out. Like, basically like does a somersault trying to It's great. And she thing. also, when she drinks the water, she's like, what is this? It's horrible. <laughs> it's just water. She just loves Dr. Pepper. She's And then she also asks if she could put it in her butt and she can't. <laughs> It's, it's, you could tell it's, they improvise a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, like, there's elements of this movie that are very weird and fucked up in the script. But, I mean, come on. Are yeah. you going to watch Tina Fey and Amy Poehler goof off all day? Of course. Yeah, these are the scenes that are, I could have just watched these scenes without the rest of the plot. And I would still be super happy. Yeah, so let's talk about the rest of the plot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so this is, this is Greg Kinnear being the real Meg Ryan type mm-hmm. here. Um, so they have, like, a, the, the grocery chain has, like, a little mini, um, like, anna- like, press conference announcement, like, yeah. hey, we're building a store here, here's some snacks, we look forward to being part of the community. This is where, uh, Greg Kinnear is like, hey, you know, I speak for the other small business owners here, we gotta make sure you're taking care of us. Um, and then Tina Fey's like, oh, wow, yeah, that's really something. And that, that's it. That, like, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never hear about this again. Because what? he alludes to asking her out on a date. Yes. And then, you know, nobody's thinking with their, you know, brain head. They're thinking with their genital head. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then that part of the movie is just never revisited again. It's never, like, that could have been, like, and, and you know, as you would expect in a rom-com later in this movie, we do have a boy loses girl part where yes. um, Tina Fey and Greg Kinnear kind of break up for a little bit. Could have been a fight over the store. Um, it's not. It's not. <laughs> um, no, but, it's not. Uh, I think they but, just forgot about it, honestly. I honestly think the screenwriter, and this is Michael McCullers, this guy wrote the two Austin Powers sequels. Oh, um, those are good. And I, and I think he has some writer credits on Parks and Rec as well. Okay. Um, so he's, he's like, he's, he's done good. a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just weird that this storyline gets dropped entirely. Is it weird uh, or is it on purpose because they want us to continue to be, uh... Side not, with the rich? Yeah. Just lick the boots of our oppressors? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, uh, no, we, we, we can't go, a little, we can't go that hard. Because then there'll be an uprising amongst the Amazon workers. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. Who are now also Whole Foods workers. Um, yeah. I will say uh, the next scene I really enjoyed, which was the surrogacy support group, because um, <laughs> yes. we got because we got to see Jason Mansukis uh, dick around. Yes. Yeah, so Jason Mansukis unfortunately does get a little fat phobic there um, <laughs> because he says he feels really bad because their surrogate is fighting a lot with him uh, because she he thinks that she's becoming morbidly <laughs> he keeps obese. Her morbidly obese. And uh, 
the, the, uh, his husband keeps reminding him that it's, she's not morbidly obese, she's just pregnant, and he admits that he's manorexic and that it's really hard because he's afraid that since his husband is a fatty, that his child is going to be a fatty. And I was just like, this they could have taken it any other direction. Yeah, this, they could have. But it's and, fine. I mean, he can sell it. Uh, pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he can sell it. The other uh, funny couple that's there is a yes. has a surrogate who's a Wiccan, <laughs> and and the guy was like, at first I was worried about a witch carrying my child, but maybe she put a spell on me. Did you do that, Ashley? Like, <laughs> really wanted to know. I love that he describes Wiccans as it's like witches, but they have stores. I think, <laughs> <laughs> which is accurate. Um. So, uh, so there's that, and and we see some other kind of uh, parts and pieces. Uh, we see like their Lamaze, cl- like she, they go to like a really progressive like uh, Lamaze class where they're encouraging like natural childbirth and right. uh, rubbing olive oil on your partner's taint as she's delivering. Yeah, I love the uh, Siobhan w- Warden. I yes. think her name is. She yeah. she makes a great choice of having like a lisp or something. Terrible lisp, yeah. Where she's a, she, it's a birthing class, and she wel- <laughs> she welcomes the lesbian wevos, and uh, talks about all, olive oil on for the marathon of label. It's just so good. She's so she's, great. This, this is the one. She's uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's wife in Men in Black. It's that actress. <laughs> yeah. um, she's very, very, very funny comedic actress. Um, and then we also have uh, purchasing strollers, and they go to a stroller dealer yeah. played by, <laughs> by Armisen. Uh, yeah, and they <laughs> they have a stroller that has an airbag. It's just like, I'll yes. take it. <laughs> Well, I also love, what's the first word that comes to your mind when you hear stroller? And Tina Fey's like, baby? Baby. (laughs) He's like, okay, what's the second word? Infant. (laughs) No, Uh, top of the line, first in class, safety. Uh, It's great. Most of these scenes are just so funny and so great. Um... But the then comes my favorite scene of the whole movie is when Amy is doing her karaoke again, but she's dying her roots. Yes. And, and Tina's like, what is that smell? Oh, no, you're dying your hair. And then she throws her into the shower and is like. With her clothes on. With her clothes on. And she's like, you're a brunette. You don't understand. She's like, you're a brunette. You're a brunette. <laughs> she just keeps going, I'm clean. I'm clean. It's so good. Yeah. So any any scene where the two of them are just goofing off together is great. Um, yeah, but and... we did get a great moment here where Tina's realizing that she's being really uptight. She's too uptight. Yeah, so she apologizes to Angie, Amy, uh, for calling her stupid because she did call her stupid. And uh, Amy, of course, then apologizes for farting in her purse. But there is a moment where they become, <laughs> <laughs> there's a moment where they become pals. Yeah. And then Dax Shepard has to show up and ruin everything. Fucking Dax Shepard. So He's so good in it that it's hard to hate him. He is. He honestly there's no weak link in this cast yeah. at all. Yeah. But um, we find out this is all a ruse. Yeah, Dax confronts um Amy and like we learn Tina Fey still doesn't know, but we learn basically they're faking the entire pregnancy to just get the checks. Yeah, they used a squirrel uh, ultrasound, ultrasound, as we mentioned before. She's like, look, this, he says to her, 
this lady's a business lady. You think that you're actually friends. This is just business. Mm-hmm. She's Once she finds out that you're not actually pregnant, she's going to kick you out. So why don't you just come home and then we can fuck. And she, <laughs> he's like, no, no, it's she. I, I'm going to make this work. Yeah. Um, and so uh, so that's an interesting plot twist. Uh, but then the other the other thing, and it's a scene that was in a lot of the trailers, was like Tina Fey feeling uptight is like, you know what? Let's go. Uh, let's go out uh, and party. Let's go. Yeah, party. yeah. She wants uh, Tina originally wants to stay in and watch a movie about a yeah. fifteen pound <laughs> baby being born, and, they, yeah. and Angie's like, no, 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 we're gonna go clubbing, and she dresses her because she was originally dressed like a kindergarten teacher, and she looks hot. She looks real good <laughs> she looks real real good yeah um, no, nothing good could come from this says yeah uh, oscar yeah she she looks real real good and um amy poehler has like a fake pregnancy belly on because she yes. has to like keep selling this fake pregnancy they go to the club there is some hilarious uh physical comedy from amy poehler of trying to just sneak sips out of other people's drinks while she's dancing yeah and then dancing all up on some guy but then when she turns around and he sees her baby bump he like runs away oh but the but the worst part though this is really sad tina's ex-boyfriend that she was like in love with who she loved was with for years was yeah yeah it was Long at time. the club, and he has played by none other than Will Forte. Yeah, the good news is it's Will Forte. <laughs> Which is great. And Amy's like, who's that fucking nerd? <laughs> and uh, he has, of course, a hot wife who yes. like is super fertile. And th- he also works at Doctors Without Borders. They're going to adopt a bunch of dogs. Yes. Uh, and then just... he says, says the single most Will Forte line ever written. Which is, oh, also, I was in a bike accident that made my penis bigger. (laughs) It's so good. So, you know, she feels bad because he's obviously doing a lot better. Um, But Angie makes her feel better by destroying his car, by throwing a trash can at it and breaking his back window. (laughs) Which I think is like... the windshield, yeah. That's true friendship. I love that. It's it's like, we should do something to his car. And Tina Fey's like, yeah, maybe we could. And then Amy Poehler just runs up, throws a trash can, shatters the windshield. And Tina Fey was like, I thought we could leave a rude note. No, it's great. She she This is this is what you do for friends. You destroy property of someone who has wronged them. It, yeah. Ladies know. You know. Um, yeah. But the it, Tina's feeling a little horny. And so they pass by the fruit smoothie place that Greg Kinnear owns. <laughs> She pays for Amy's cab and is like, see you later, and goes in to talk to Greg Kinnear. I don't love, and this obviously comes up later in the movie too, that Tina Fey can just dismiss this poor person whenever she wants. Yeah. Yeah, later on, Steve Martin calls her her maid, and she doesn't correct him. So, you know, I think in her mind, Amy is like cool to hang out with, but she's still an employee. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is annoying, uh, but but she finally annoying. goes in to uh, to flirt with Greg Kinnear, and yeah. uh, things get a little flirty, flirty. Yeah, they do. Um, they don't fuck at this point, right? That's later. No, but no, he asks her out. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he asks her out. So that's nice. We get kind of we get more of Tina Fey's backstory, which is you know she had this long term boyfriend and he wanted a baby, she wasn't ready, and they broke up, and and she still uh, regrets it. Okay, so we get Greg Kinnear's backstory too, right? Yeah, he has a daughter. He had, um, wait, is that on their date though? 
uh, I don't remember. What, basically, he has a daughter is the, the one piece of it, and the other piece is he used to be an attorney. Ah, uh, yes. I don't know. Like I was too busy looking shitty. at his beautiful face. I got distracted. He does. And look, everyone looks good in this movie, too. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he used to be an attorney, and he hated it because he represented just the shittiest people. And so he struck out on his own to sell smoothies. Have you ever watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I have, yes. Okay, do you know that song, Don't Become a Lawyer, from the last season? Uh, I actually did not watch the final season. Okay, it's really great. But there's a whole song about why you should not become a lawyer. And I love it. And a lot of my friends who are lawyers also love it because they hate being lawyers. And my question is, why would you become a lawyer? Uh, For the money. Okay. I think think is the reason. Yeah. Um, It's not a good reason. It's not a good um, reason. Also, you I guess you could be helping people. It just depends on who you're helping. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, in any event, they... Uh, so, he asks her out, and then um, we have the ultrasound scene next, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Dax comes by and wants to hook up with Amy, and she's like, no, you know what? I want a common law divorce. And he's like, look, okay, fine. If you want a divorce, I want to say goodbye to you proper. Can we just please have a quickie in the car? And she says, no. And he's like, look, she's going to find out. You can't keep this up for much longer. So Amy, like, she's kind of backed into a corner at this point. She has to tell the truth. And she gets driven to an ultrasound. So, oh, God, you know, they're going to find out. Plot twist. Which is which, which gives us the hilarious line right before the doctor puts the ultrasound on her belly. She turns to Tina Fey and she's like, "Hey, are you someone that like when you get mad you stay mad for a really long time?" <laughs> yeah. So the plot twist is that she is pregnant. She's pregnant. Um, and when you're like, "What?" And and like, she's like Amy Poehler screams, "What the hell?" Like in the. <laughs> Miller, so she don't she doesn't know how she's pregnant, but she figures like it had to have been after the surrogacy didn't take, she slept with Dax Shepard again. Right. Um and uh, the other thing I want to shout out in this scene real quick is the obstetrician, the actor who plays the doctor. Mm-hmm. That's uh the great character actor uh, Dennis O'Hare. Love him. He uh has a very memorable role in Michael Clayton as well. But the reason I'm shouting it out is because he is of course in Previous season one selection, Garden State. Oh, yeah! Guy who owns the boat at the bottom of the quarry who tells Zach Braff, good luck exploring the infinite abyss. (laughs) (laughs) What a great memory you have, pal. I'd like to just block that movie right out. (laughs) Unfortunately, I can't. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she's actually pregnant, and she's not pregnant with Tina Fey's baby. No, no. And and Tina's like, look, I'm just going to pay you the rest of what I owe you. I really like what we have going on for us and everything. There are um, scenes where a- Angie's starting to take her pregnancy seriously and reading the books about it. They bring up mm-hmm. the hermaphrodite chapter again, <laughs> which is really sad. Uh, but overall, Angie's like growing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's starting to take care of herself more. And so, uh, unfortunately, it's not for Tina's baby, though. It's for her yeah. own. Yeah. It is weird, I think, that Amy's learning something from Tina. But Tina, I think she's also learned something from Amy. Hmm. Let's revisit that. <laughs> Let's revisit that. Um, she starts, uh, Tina Faye starts going on dates with Greg Kinnear. That's where we learn about um, uh, his daughter. 
Um, they yes. go to a fancy vegan restaurant uh, where the uh, waiter is John Glazer. Yeah! <laughs> um, Councilman Jam from Parks and Rec. You just got uh, jammed. Here's the thing. I just want to get on my vegan soapbox really quick. Vegan food isn't gross, and I'm no. tired of the stereotypes. What did we do to you guys? <laughs> it was an extremely 2008 joke, though. Is yes. It's like, oh, we're going to this vegan restaurant. It's all weird. Yeah, um, you eat blue algae, and instead of bread for the table, it's, it's just yeast. It's a yeast ball. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. Try Crossroads Kitchen on Melrose and come back to me. Try, but, try Chicago Diner in Chicago. That's good vegan stuff. Hey, I want to go there. Let's go there sometime soon. Yeah, um, it's nowhere near me, but yes. <laughs> but here's the thing. They, they're they like, no, no, no. Uh, he takes her there because uh, he thinks she's vegan. She's not. She eats meat. And they go to a Philly cheesesteak place instead. And she orders a very finicky order. Yes, yes. And uh, he tells her, you know, they people only call you bossy and controlling because you're a woman but if you were a man doing the same thing you'd just be a dick which is like so romantic <laughs> that is that is something um and then uh the other piece which just makes me laugh so hard is greg kinnear goes to pick tina fey up at her apartment at one point and runs into amy oh <laughs> no and, she, and amy tries to <laughs> tries to off. come up with the backstory she's like i'm her sister her sister so we are in the same family (laughs) wow you don't look alike at all is it do you have different dads and she's like yes different dads thank Thank you you for that (laughs) it's so good it's so good but the other part that we don't that we also get to see is uh tina starting to give angie a little bit of a confidence boost Mm-hmm. she starts to tell her that she's actually really smart that she should look into doing her fashion stuff and is like very encouraging they also walk by some shrubbery that's shaped like a vagina <laughs> i don't know if you caught that i did not <laughs> go back and look at that um so so angie is growing up in a lot of ways but she's also getting a lot of encouragement from tina's character uh to kind of go out on her own because yeah. uh, Dax tells her that she's not smart, but Tina tells her that she is. So it's like, she doesn't really believe in herself. It's very yeah. sad. It's very sad. Um, and then we start moving into Act 3. Yeah. <laughs> By this point, I feel like the movie is a little long. It, this movie could have been 90 minutes. It's closer to, <clears throat> it's like an hour 50. It's it's almost two hours, which is too long for this. Yeah, I think they could have just taken out everything about the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yes, and it would have raised it a letter grade. Um, <laughs> so, in any event, um, we have the boy loses girl part, which yeah. is Tina Fey is at Greg Kinnear's apartment, and he has a he's reading a magazine article about Sigourney Weaver's surrogacy business, and he's like, "Ugh, these rich people with their surrogates! This is all so fucked up." Tina Fey's like, "Hey, man, be cool about this." He's like, "I will not be cool about this." <laughs> yeah, and so she gets super offended instead of just talking about her feelings openly, and leaves. Mm-hmm. And leaves, <laughs> um, and uh, and then they have the baby shower, right? Um, yeah, at Tina Fey's fancy place, which uh, one uh, Greg Kinnear shows up to because he's like returning something at the apartment building and two Dax Shepard shows up and ruins everything yeah so Greg Kinnear is worried that he did something wrong so he oh, wants that's to what it is. Yeah. he wants to double check he's like I haven't heard from you what's going on but at this point 
please note that Tina Fey not only didn't tell her that or tell him that she that she was actually you know seeking the surrogacy expecting thing. a baby yeah right but yeah just she was having a baby as far as yeah. she knew and he had to kind of piece it all together as Dax was kind of outing Angie's mm-hmm. character for actually not being pregnant but she is it's just not Tina's baby Right, well, but then, plot mm-hmm. twist again, mm-hmm. Tina Fey says, wait, wait, when did you take the pregnancy test? She's like, I took it as soon as I got home. She's like, no, you have to wait two weeks. Otherwise, a pregnancy test isn't going to take. So, wait, that baby could be mine. We don't know. And then the funniest line in the entire movie, which is Amy Poehler going, oh, okay, then forget what I said. <laughs> yeah, so we got a real Maury Povich situation. Yes. Yeah, so we we have to find out what's going to happen, whose baby it is, but also mm-hmm. Amy's not allowed back into her house. Right, and Tina Fey says she, Tina Fey describing Amy to Greg Kinnear says, she's an ignorant white trash woman who I paid to carry my kid. Oh so, my God, that one hurt. You can't take the capitalist out of the woman. Uh, so, out of the Tina Fey. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. It's really horrible and sad, and the classism is back, and uh, Angie's super hurt by that. Yes. And she, rightfully so. Yeah, she did say, I deserve that, and Oscar, who was also at the party, says, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't feel really good about herself. She's going right. back and forth. She has people telling her that she's great, and she has people telling her that she's not great, and then the person who's telling her that she's great tells her she's not, and so mm. she believes it. And it's yeah. very sad. It's it's a very sad thing that I wish we could explore a little more because I'd love to see a little more but of Amy Poehler doing that, but this is Tina's story, unfortunately. Yeah, so we go, uh, we go to basically court, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they uh and there is a great there is a great moment where Dax Shepard bursts into the court and says, Objection, Your Highness. <laughs> your Highness. <laughs> um but basically what they what they find from the um uh DNA testing is that the baby is not Tina Fey's. Yeah. Um so she's devastated. Um there's some like kind of formulaic kind of beats here, uh, where Amy Poehler's like, uh, you taught me how to be a mother. Uh, and you'd be a great mother. Your kid wouldn't get away with shit. <laughs> Which is good. Um, I love that Amy was like, freedom of speech. You can look it up in the thing. Because she didn't have to make a statement, but she wanted to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we only have nine minutes left. This is when I yeah. checked my my time. So I was like, how long, is, how long is this left? Nine minutes left. For some reason, it's Christmas now. This has become a Christmas movie. <laughs> There's multiple Christmas songs on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that just, just to show the passage of time, and <laughs> because uh, the next time Tina sees Amy, her water breaks. She's in labor. Uh, She's got to go. Perfect labor line. It feels like I'm shitting a knife. <laughs> I love that. She destroys everything on her way to her hospital yes. room, including... Uh, a Christmas tree and there's a cop there and she's like you'll never catch me pig which I loved (laughs) that's great um and and so um she delivers and as she delivers Tina Fey faints right that shit is fucked up 
It, it is. I saw my uh, sister give birth and because my mom insisted that I be in the room with the rest of my family. Didn't like I that. I don't think that's necessary. I, I don't a, think I, was a I don't think the rest school. of your family should have been in there. No, it wasn't. Honest. We have it was it, it's a whole thing. Believe okay. me, I've talked about it in therapy, but I was a junior in high school. I was facing a corner of the wall going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's very traumatic, very intense. So I don't doubt that somebody fainted. But she didn't yeah. faint just because it's fucked up. We had a very strict, when Meatball was born, we had a very strict, uh, no one else is in the room. Uh, Love except that. Except for me and Stacy. Uh, now, what I did not know is that we were giving birth at a university hospital. And uh, if you do that, a university hospital where like people are learning how to be doctors and stuff. Um, if you do that, uh, at the moment where uh, you're delivering the baby, uh, like, 20 fucking people come in the room no are you serious yes oh no because everybody's like this is what a birth looks like oh no was stacy just mortified no no, i mean she was busy uh, we were we were preoccupied (laughs) i say we were preoccupied like i had a fucking hard job i did not i was sleeping on a couch you didn't do anything (laughs) you know you know what you did provide emotional support i'll give you that that was something. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, in any event, uh, she has a baby, and Tina Fey wakes up, you know, having uh, passed out. She wakes up in a hospital bed, and they, you know, do her blood work, make sure everything's okay, and guess what? She's anemic. Yes, but also, <laughs> guess what? She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Uh, Greg Kinnear, as it turns out, had busted inside of her, and <laughs> as a result... <laughs> He didn't pull out. His pull out game is weak. <laughs> they raw dogged it. <laughs> As it turns out, uh, she's pregnant. Yeah, against all odds, she did it. I she I think it. it's kind of um. I mean, it's not impossible to get pregnant that later on in life. No, no. they really they really are a lot. With this. They are they are asking for a high suspension of disbelief, but I do think they earn it because at one point in the hospital they walk past a room where Sigourney Weaver is just delivered twins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just think it's funny that Tina Fey is like, "Well, I'm 37. I'm basically infertile. I have a T-shaped uterus, so you can you don't have to pull out." Like <laughs> these are these are scenes we did not see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's because, you know, it's a PG-13 movie and we don't need to see hardcore, full penetration Greg Kinnear, but... You're using the word need very loosely for a lot of us. Uh, But what we learn is that Amy has a baby girl and her name is Steph, which is short for Stefani, like Gwen Stefani. Like Gwen Stefani. Um, And... Then we cut to much later during the credits because there's not enough time for more scenes. We got to end the movie. Um, There's a little montage of a birthday party. It's Stefani's first birthday party. Tina has her baby. Um, uh, uh, Oscar brings his tiny black child to the party and the grandma plays with him, which is her redemption arc. Yeah, I guess. Um, and I guess it's also Oscar's redemption arc, because, like, oh, he said he had two baby mamas, and now we see the babies. Uh, this is a diverse movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there was a joke at the beginning of the movie where um, they talk about how Tom and Jerry hate each other. Yes. But they uh, are yeah. friends. Yeah, Amy Poehler's like, I want us to be like Tom and Jerry, and Tim is like, they hate each other. 
She's like, like, no, no they're, they're best friends. friends. Yeah. So there is a, a, a scene. It ties it all together at the end where they are watching Tom and Jerry together with their two kids. And yeah. it's very heavy handed. And the movie's over. The end. So I would say, like, I had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's but fun, but it's also long. It's long. It's classist. There's a reason <laughs> nobody thought of this movie thought about this movie after 2008 yes um unfortunately. and it it is also like quite frankly both both the stars of this movie have gone on to do much better things yes than this. uh which i think brings us to our next segment uh which of course we call good for them uh and so uh i want to focus you know so tina fey and amy poehler obviously have collaborated on many projects and they've both been in many celebrated uh, comedy projects since SNL. So I'm going to start with Amy Poehler. Um, and I want to focus, you know, Amy Poehler obviously was in Parks and Recreation, which was a longtime beloved comedy series on NBC. Um, she has starred or had supporting roles uh, in several other movies. Um, and she's produced uh, a lot of projects too. She's a producer of Broad City, um, among other TV shows. So she's found talent and developed it. Um, but I mainly want to focus on the main marker of success for Amy Poehler, which is the weirdly high amount of water that her residence uses in L.A. What? Uh, so as reported by the Los Angeles Times. How did you some, find this? It's in the Los Angeles Times. I just said it. <laughs> as reported by the Los Angeles Times. Uh, in summer of 2015, Amy Poehler's home used uh, 170,000 gallons of water, which is 2,786 gallons per day. Now, to give you an idea of how much that is, if you're a family of four, according to the EPA, you're using about 400 gallons a day. And Amy Poehler, whose residence is her and two children... <laughs> Uh, was using seven times that much. So what the fuck is going on? I know, here? I know, I know. She was waterboarding the other UCB four, the, the three guy, the the Bessers, the the Matt's Yeah, and the Roberts, Ian. Bessers, and Walsh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's waterboarding them to find out why they are losing so much money. <laughs> She was fined $2,200 by the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. Um, the what? only thing I can think of is that she's, like, running a fucking almond farm on there <laughs> or something. Maybe she's uh, growing weed. Yeah, the other uh, the other interesting thing about Amy Poehler, uh, who, again, has made wonderful works of comedy and I think is an extremely funny performer, uh, is her manager. I think we should maybe talk about him for a second because his name is Dave Becky. Uh, and he's uh, also an executive producer on Parks and Rec. He's, uh, he manages a lot of really top-tier comedy talent. Uh, the problem is he also managed Louis C.K. Oh, for a very long time. No. And specifically was the guy who would call the women that Louis C.K. would masturbate in front of and say, hey, you can't tell anyone about this or else we're going to end your career. Oh, um, no. Wait, is she still with him? So when that news came out, Several of Dave Becky's clients cut ties with him. Yeah. In a show of solidarity for the victims. Most notably, uh, Pamela Adlin, who, of course, you know, collaborated with Louis C.K. on a bunch of projects. Yeah. Um, she's like, I don't fucking want anything to do with this guy ever again. Amy Poehler has not. <gasps> <laughs> Amy, why? <laughs> 
Uh, so wait, can we con- wait? Let me confirm this on IMDb Pro. Hold on. <laughs> IMDb. Uh, manager. She is still with Dave Becky at Three yeah. Arts Entertainment. <gasps> oh my God, Amy, why? So, on a lighter note, we'll move to Tina Fey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, all right. Tina Fey, of course, created 30 Rock, which, for my money, one of the funniest TV shows of the past two decades. Yeah. Um, Tina Fey, with her writing partner, Robert Carlock, uh, co-created The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, of course, stars Ellie Kemper as a woman from the Midwest who is part of a weird underground (laughs) cult as she was younger (laughs) and then uh, desperately tried to reinvent her life. Now, perhaps you've guessed where I'm going to go with this. (laughs) It appears that Ellie Kemper is, in fact, a woman from the Midwest who is part of a weird underground cult when she was younger and is desperately trying to reinvent her life. Yeah, just in case anyone hasn't heard about this. Since she was, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. She, uh, Ellie Kemper from The Office slash Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was a queen of a... um, Queen of love and beauty. A queen Queen. of love and beauty, which is a pageant held by a white supremacist group uh, that claims that it is not a white supremacist group, that it is just, you know, rich people from the South. Um, I mean, it is, like, so this this Veils Profit group, like, it was started in response to, like, an 18th century strike, but it does have, like, weird white supremacist underpinnings. It's, like, a weird pro-capitalist group, but it's also, like, extremely white. Uh, It's messed up. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. My question is, uh, did Ellie tell Tina about this, and then they developed that Kimmy Schmidt character around that? We don't know. And, like, look, I'm not saying Ellie Kemper had any say in how they did things. She was a fucking kid. Yeah! I'm not going to fault her for this. It's just very weird that she ended up in a show that (laughs) was about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coincidences are just a little too coincidental. You know what I mean? But but Tina Fey is amazing also. She does a lot of really great things. Uh, What else has she she done, Tom? The main thing I want to call out is uh, an interview she gave in 2020 uh, with Fallon. Um, Ah. is that uh, she said that uh, on the Hudson River, she saw a man drifting in a kayak without an oar in danger of drowning, and she called the police who rescued him. Tina Fey thus indirectly saved a man's life last year. Wow. So I will say, Tina Fey, good for you. (laughs) Amy Poehler, little work to do. Yeah. I did love Moxie. Uh, she directed a, mo- a great movie on Netflix about Riot oh. Girl. It was really great to see Riot Girl in such a great light. Uh, nice. It was, it was a big part of my childhood and adolescence. So watch that movie. She also plays the mom and is really good. She also has a great interview on Armchair Expert with Dax. And they talk about their time together on Baby Mama. They call each oh. other Babers. Oh, okay. Which is very that's, cute. That's kind of dumb. But yeah. Listen. We have our inside jokes, and they have theirs. Um, but yeah, it's very cute. I love Amy a lot. I she has a, had a big part of my life. I have a picture yeah. with her that my I posted on Instagram with the sepia um, filter on it, and my mom blew it up on a <laughs> canvas with the filter on. It's very cute. I still have it. It's this huge picture of me and Amy in my house. <laughs> Thanks to That's my mom. Awesome. Um, but I uh, did do some common sense media. That's exactly what I was going to ask, yeah. There were a lot, there were a lot of um, reviews about how it's very funny, that Tina and Amy are great together, blah, blah, blah. We all know what it is. But I wanted to know about what 11-year-olds think about this movie. (laughs) 
And I, there were two 11-year-olds who wrote reviews that I loved. And the first one gave it five stars. And uh, they said, good movie. I thought a lot of parts were funny, and it sent a good message that you shouldn't lie or it will break friendships. That's not you know what? the the message that I got, but now I'm seeing that I should have gotten that. Not bad. That. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. What a wise 11-year-old. The second 11-year-old also gave it five stars and said, I didn't see it, but the reviews were wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that kid is me. That That's... that's... <laughs> Is there a way, like, I, I don't spend a lot of time on Common Sense Media. Is there a way to, like, see what other reviews that user wrote? <laughs> Only if, if they're parents. Uh, uh, anyone okay. 18 okay. and under, they are... Uh, yeah, anonymous. There's, yeah. there's no profile link. But yeah. people who do write uh, regular reviews tend to be adults. I love that they said they didn't see it. That's like me when we talk about the podcast sometimes. <laughs> if the movie's it's, bad, I'm just, like, fast-forwarding through it. I'm like, I didn't see it, but it was... <laughs> the review said it was fine. Yeah, I mean, it seems all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but overall, most people like this movie. Well, you know what? I kind of liked it, too. I would say, you know, we're four movies in. Yeah. Um, This is probably the second best one behind Wayne's World, I yeah. would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, The stakes were kind of high on this one. As we know, high, the stakes than, have to be low. Higher than normal, yeah. The stakes have to be really low for yes. for the maximum amount of fun. But this was still a lot of fun. We got to see a lot of great guest stars. Seeing Will Forte was great. Will Forte is the fucking best. Yeah, man. I think I, the only it, way they could have topped it is to have Bill Hader play someone. That would have been great. Yeah, um, but he didn't make his movie debut until a little later. Yes, um, what was his movie? Was it Trainwreck? What was it? Uh, well, he was a star in Trainwreck, yeah, but I think he played smaller roles in some other things. Okay, he was probably in MacGruber or something at some point. Oh, I love MacGruber. I can't F- wait till F- we get to MacGruber. Future selection MacGruber, yes. <laughs> the, let, let me just be clear, listeners, when we went through the list of SNL films, there were three on the list that I was like, well, at least I know that one's good. Yes. It was, Wayne's World was one, MacGruber. and MacGruber was one. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to talk about the celery in the butt joke. Um, but uh but uh, before we get ahead of ourselves uh any final thoughts nadia i really liked the 11 year old review where they point out that lying will break apart a friendship i really like that i think that was uh overall a great thing but i also think this movie is classist so you know i got a lot out of it and i also didn't it is interesting what you said at the very beginning of the episode was like the first time I saw that movie, and this is true of me too, right? First time I saw the movie, I didn't think about classism at all. Right? Yeah. Because like that wasn't something you or I thought about in 2008. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now uh, because it's destroying the world, uh, right. it, it's, uh, you know, it's perhaps something that we pay more attention to. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm grateful to have noticed it. And it was distracting for a little while, but you know, as we must do with a lot of our entertainment, we have to suspend disbelief. Turn just for our a little brain bit. off. It's hard to bit. do. It's hard to yeah. do. But you know, we did. We are all doing our best. Yes, <laughs> and I would say the uh, best. Uh, just look up Amy Poehler trying to swallow the prenatal vitamin scene uh on youtube that's good for that's good for minutes of laughing out loud yeah why didn't she get an oscar for that that deserved and i don't even know who would have won in 2008 but whoever it was was bullshit so (laughs) so uh folks probably should have facebook twitter instagram we'll see you next week bye talk to me 
Tell me your name You blow me up like it's all the same You lit a fuse and now I'm ticking away like a bomb She knocks me out, she walks like, she talks like, she talks like she walks, she's bad.